Thank you, thank you. What a beautiful morning already. I'm excited to preach today. Tell the person next to you God's got something for you this morning. He's going to get you good, real good. He's going to mess you up. He already has. Praise the Lord. That's good. All right, let's pray together. We're going to get into it. Let's stir up some faith this morning. Father, we thank you that your name is amazing, that the power of the name of Jesus is incredible, Lord. We thank you that we can hold on to your name no matter what situation we are in, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how impossible it seems. But you are there, you are strong, you are powerful, you are good, Lord. And this morning, Father, we pray for a revelation of your goodness as we come into the house For those who are joining us online, wherever people are meeting with us or listening to this message this morning, Father, by your grace, just bless people with your goodness, with an encounter with your goodness. We thank you for your word. We pray that it gets in deep this morning. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, Amen. amen, amen. Awesome. Well, I want to welcome you this morning as well. So good to have you here and welcome to everyone who's joining us online today. We've got this huge online community, some of which we have never met in person. So if that's you and you're watching, we love you. You're amazing. Thank you for being a part of our family. We look forward to meeting you in person one day. That's going to be great. But I'm hearing more and more stories through the week of people bumping into people and they're like, oh yeah, we go to Hope Community. And people are like, I've never seen you there before. And they're like, oh no, we're online. (laughs) So amazing. That's great. Um, All right, we're going to jump into it. Are you ready? Have you got your Bibles this morning? Okay. If you haven't met um, my family, if you're new at a Hope community, or maybe you're not new, but our family just spreads out all over the place. Uh, My wife and I have been married for almost 20 years now. Uh, That's not bad. Hey, thank you. Yeah, that's good. 20 years we've been putting up with each other and uh, loving each other. And it's been amazing. We've got three kids. Our eldest is 15 now. Her name is Darlie. Our second youngest is Eva, who's down here with us this morning, and she's 13. And our youngest is a boy named Levi, who's 10, about to turn 11. And uh, I was chatting with Levi recently. He was um, on eBay looking at something that he wanted to buy. And um, Levi is a real deep thinker. And so I could see him just, I could see this expression of him like really wrestling with something. And so I came up to him and said, hey, mate, are you good? Like, what's going on? He said, oh, yeah, Dad, look, I found this thing to buy. You know, he's got this hobby and he's like, I think it'd be really good to have that. But, you know, I just, I really want to be responsible with my money, Dad. And I know there's probably other things that I will need to do with this money in the future. And I just don't know whether this is the right thing to do, rah, rah, rah. And he said, well, Dad, so what do you think, you know? And I said, well, he, what he was buying was, was not a stack of money. Um, and I said to him, mate, look, I think what you're doing is really fun. You know, I think it's great that you've got hobbies. I think it's great that you want to be responsible with what God's given you. But right now, I'd just love to see you have fun with your money 
and I can look after all the other stuff for you, right? And one day you're going to need to increase the responsibility as other things arise. But right now, I said, as a dad, it's my season just to be able to bless you. I'm going to keep the lights on. I'm going to make sure you're warm and fed. I'm even going to pay for postage on some of the online shopping, (laughs) right? And so he was like, Dad, that sounds awesome. And, of course, he ordered the thing, right? So that was good. Um, About a week later... He was looking at something else on eBay. Got to stop him getting on eBay. But anyway, he was looking at something else on, on eBay and it was coming from the other side of the planet. So the postage was about six times more than the product he was looking at. And this time I kind of said, Bud, look, I'm not sure if that's a really good decision, you know, to buy that. Maybe we could find it a bit close to home or something. And that's when he said, he said, Dad, you remember that conversation we had last week? <laughs> I said, I remember it well, but this time it's a no, (laughs) all right? Today, I want to show you some things from Scripture. We're going to get into this this morning. I believe that God's really got something to say to each one of us. It's something that can completely actually change our relationship with God and with other people. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark 10 with me. Uh, This is a passage some people here will be familiar with. It's Mark 10, verse 13, and it's titled, um, Jesus Blesses the Children. Mark 10, verse 13. It will come up on the screen as well. I'm going to read the whole passage to you just as we get started. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. That's what Jesus says when he's like, you listen to me, rightio. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom. Everyone say receive. Receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Now you've probably heard this passage. If you've been in church for a while, you've definitely heard this passage preached in the context of promoting kids' ministry. All right? It's that time of year and the kids' leader, kids' pastor gets up. They preach on this passage and and they say, well, Jesus loved the little children, so we need to love the children. And it's Vision Sunday. That's why we're investing in all this stuff for kids' ministry, rah, rah, rah. Um, Now, I'm not making fun of that. I think that is legit, the teaching from this passage. Uh, But I want you to know that there is more in this text. And that's what we're going to have a little look at this morning. I'm praying for Holy Spirit to really touch hearts this morning with this message and to do what I can't do as I stand here and bring you some words. Um, But I want to encourage you that every Sunday when we come to this time, this preaching time, is that I want to encourage you to have a posture where you really lean in and you actively are praying and saying to the Lord, Father, I don't really mind who's speaking today. 
I want to hear you speak through the power of your word into my heart today. And we come with that hunger and I can promise you, all right, I'm all for good, sound teaching. That's really important. But you can get someone up here and you might be missing half of what they say. But if you have that heart, I can promise you God is going to come and speak. If God's word is being shared, he has something to say for you. And so our posture is so important. And so I want to encourage you this morning, just the same as any Sunday, come and press in and ask God to speak. And I want you to hear this. The Father speaks both through his written word, the Logos word, and he also speaks through his spirit, the rhema word of God. And so you're saying, Lord, I just want to hear you reveal your truth, the truth that comes through scripture and speak to me about what this truth means for me. Right? Are you with me? Okay, so that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. So we've got this scene. Jesus is there and people are bringing their children to Jesus. The disciples are thinking, uh, we don't want that. You know, Jesus is a busy man doing amazing things, right? Don't let the children bother him. And one of the things here that you need to realise, one of the um, cultural views of children in the time is that they were really of no value until they were old enough to actually contribute. And so children were kind of um, kept away, kept away from adults. They were to be seen and not heard until you were able to contribute to the family in some way and suddenly then you've made of age. All right? And so the kids are in the room today and I want, if kids are listening to this right now, we think you're amazing. No matter how old or young you are, no matter what you contribute, you are amazing. Okay? But this was a cultural standpoint that actually comes into this text here. And so here's Jesus coming and the children are coming and the people have this understanding of the children that they may bother Jesus. And Jesus says, no, let them come. But then he takes it one step further and to his disciples he actually says, you know what? We all need to be like these children, right? These annoying children that you may have thought were going to bother me. They're not annoying. They, they were potentially thought of as being annoying. He's like, we actually need to be like that. Don't you love when Jesus takes a teaching point and he just humbles you with it? Like the conviction of the Holy Spirit is when you're sitting there and you're like, there's no way this word is for me. This, is, this word's for someone who really needs to shape up and get their stuff sorted out. And then the Lord's like, tap, tap, tap. Uh, this is for you, right? This is a situation that was going on. Jesus is taking these children and he's saying, we actually need to come to him the same as these children actually come to him. And more than that, if we cannot do it, then it is detrimental to us actually entering into the kingdom of God, the fullness of everything that God has for us. And so we need to actually work this out, right? And so I want you to hear this, though, is that the children were actually a representation of you and I, a, a follower of Jesus, and Jesus was actually picking out some qualities 
that children have and saying, we need to have those qualities. We need to have those heart attitudes like children. And so what are those qualities that he was highlighting? Those qualities were faith and humility. Have you ever heard, I'm sure you've heard the saying to have faith like a child, right? And it's it's not saying that they're naive, but faith like a child is highlighting that a child has the ability to believe things that we may get caught up on, right? And so Jesus is saying, I want you to come like a child. I don't want you to come stuck in all your experiences. Perhaps we come like that saying, oh, the father can't do that. I haven't seen him do that before or I've seen him not come through in the past. So that's probably what's going to happen this time. Come with all our reasoning and understanding of this is who he is and this is what he does and I've got that all shaped up so anything outside of that framework is clearly not God. He doesn't want us to come even with things that pull us away from him that other people have put on us. It may be teaching, it may be their ideas, it may be labels. He wants us to come with the faith of a child, the pure faith of a child, right? Um, Some of you here will know of this lady. Um, Her name's Heidi Baker and she's a missionary in Mozambique and she runs an orphanage and they've got this amazing ministry there where they feed a whole stack of people and God just does amazing things. And Heidi is probably widely known as someone just with incredible faith and with an amazing ability to love. And she sees love as the door for the kingdom to come into people's lives. Anyway, I heard Heidi sharing once about some of the things that God was doing there in Mozambique. And she, would, she told this story about how they often, they go out to villages where outsiders rarely go into. And one of their methods of sharing the gospel is to show people the healing power of the Lord. And so they go into these villages and they get there and they say to the people, bring your sick and we're going to pray for the sick and they're going to be healed. And so the villagers do that. Obviously, their resources to be able to care for people are limited. They're a long way from doctors or anything that we would know in Western culture. And so in the villages, they bring all their people. And then Heidi said what she does next is she actually gets the children that she's brought with her from her orphanage, she gets the children to actually come and lay hands on these people and pray for them. And she said the reason she does that is because the children's faith is so pure that they meet these people. Some are blind, some are deaf. Other people, you know, have things that they've been carrying for such a long time. And the child has no trouble believing that God can come and heal those people right in that moment. And more than that, they see him do it time and time again. And so their faith grows and grows. And she essentially said, no one's faith compares to the faith of these little children. Isn't that cool? It's that pure faith. They haven't had time for people to say, hey, God doesn't do that. That's not who God is. Or to even build this framework in their mind where they think, well, he didn't do it last time. I wonder if he'll do it this time. That's 17 times we've prayed and he hasn't done it. Surely he just doesn't do that. 
They haven't had time to form that view. They have this incredible, pure faith. And this is what God's looking for in us. And I want you to hear this today. I want you to know this, is that when you come to Jesus, you are welcomed into God's family. You are adopted into God's family, right? And God is now your heavenly father. And God is a good father. He's a father who says, I want to take care. I want to provide everything that you need. You can come into my house. You can jump on the couch. You can put your feet up. You can help yourself to the fridge. Anything that's in my fridge is yours, right? I'll take care of the electricity bill. You just come and be my child and I'm going to provide everything you need. More than that, you are unconditionally loved. If you come to me and you've had a day where you've stuffed up real bad, you know what? I'm still going to love you just the same. This is the message of the gospel, okay? It's an amazing message. This is a message that every person on the planet needs to know and experience. And so the risk is that we can know enough to know that God is our Heavenly Father, but we can be stuck in a place where we will not receive all the good things that He has. Can you imagine that? And so the picture of that is like us knowing, well, God's my Father, He's got this house, I'm going to go and live in the front yard. I'm going to sleep on the grass, I'm going to see if I can rustle up some food from the bin, the scraps that he throws out. I'm going to be cold. I'm going to be hungry. And I'm probably not going to feel real loved in that space either. Now, I can tell you, living in the house is much better than sleeping on the grass. Amen? When we look at these children, the humility of a child is what helps them to understand their need for guidance, for love, for the resources of a parent figure. And they can actually recognise their inability to further their cause without the help and the resources of that person that they're looking to. That's what humility looks like. And so some of you here, you may find this really hard to understand because of your personal experience with your Heavenly Father. Even the concept of unconditional love. You may, you may know it, you may hear the words, but find it very difficult to actually understand. And so one of the first steps we actually have to take to be able to do this is to recognise that God is the source of everything that we need. He is the source that we can go to him. In James 1, it says this, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Everything good comes from our Father. Matthew 7 says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is the source of everything good that we need. Amen? And so let me ask you this. When it comes to receiving a gift, how do you go? I know for a fact that there are many people in this room today who are amazingly generous givers. And we've been talking, we've done our money series, we talked about it's more blessed to give than to receive, but today we're talking about the power of receiving. And I want to ask you, how good are you at actually receiving a gift? Because I know some of you, like... Myself included, it's humbling at times and you think someone gives you something and you think, oh man, you shouldn't have done that, right? And some of us actually give it back. We're like, I can't take this from you. We give back a gift, right? Someone wants to give a gift and we give it back. You shouldn't have done that, take it back, right? How many people here would say they're good at receiving? Is that no one? (laughs) Okay. Well, great. Make sure you're listening today, okay? Or is that just you in your humility not raising your hand? I don't know. We'll go around in circles if we get there. But some of us can't handle being blessed, right? And part of that is, is that we feel a need to actually earn or deserve something. And so if we get a gift that we feel we deserve, it might be much easier to actually receive that. And then we're thinking, yeah, great, give it to me. (laughs) I deserve that. Awesome. Right? But we have this desire, this inbuilt desire to actually earn things or have have a sense of I deserve that to receive the gift. And I I want you to hear this, that that is generally our pride getting in the way. And here we are, we're talking about the humility to receive and yet our pride gets in the way of us receiving so often. Listen to these definitions for a second. To get something is to obtain something by effort or struggle, right? We try and get something. To receive something is to act like a receptacle and take in what's being offered. If you just picture that for a moment, it's this posture saying, I am just going to receive what's being offered. Another definition says to simply accept delivery of something. Isn't that good? So when someone gives you something, you say, well, thank you for delivering that to me. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Look at the difference in the postures. Getting is grabbing at things where receiving I simply stay like this and I take delivery. Can you see the rest in this? Can you see what that's like? That is good right there. The problem is this can often be a head and a heart thing, right? We can know this stuff in our head, but it takes something to get it in our heart, right? And so I can talk about the incredible forgiveness, the unconditional love of the Lord. You could have sat in church your whole life and you think, I know that, I know that. I can even tell you some scriptures that line up with that. 
But then you can be that person who is sitting in your sin, in your guilt, in your shame, and you have no ability to actually receive forgiveness because of what's standing in your way to receive that. Can you see the head and the heart thing there? And so this is an issue. Some of us have received enough grace to come to know the Lord and yet from that point forwards we reject anything else that he has for us. When he's trying to pour out all his love, all his healing, all his hope, all his joy and we're saying, well, I've got one foot in the door here and that's enough for me. Everything else I'll get on my own. Thank you, Lord. Right? Some people live as orphans when God has actually adopted them. You have no sense of identity and yet the Father wants to speak all those things over you. Some people, you don't know what it feels like to be loved by a heavenly Father because maybe you don't even think you need it, right? I'm probably talking to blokes here a lot, okay? We're like love, this is the whole Jesus is my boyfriend thing. I don't know how that sits with me. But God is saying... I am a loving father and it's an unconditional love, right? You know, in John 5, Jesus is actually, he's talking to the Pharisees, the religious people of the time, and he actually says to them, these people, you know the scriptures and who they point to and yet you don't know the one who they point to, right? And so you miss out on everything they're actually pointing to. And that can be us as well. Some of us, we've heard every sermon preached. We've heard every passage preached on. We've sat in the chairs for years and years. We know the stuff. When someone says Romans 8, you're already quoting it, right? And yet we miss what it's all pointing to. Um, I want to ask you, I want to just give everyone a moment here. I want to ask you this question. Is there something that God has been trying to bless you with or trying to offer you right now that you are not receiving, that you are actually resisting or missing out on? And I actually want us to take a moment, to take a minute right now, and what I want you to do is ask the Holy Spirit. Just ask the Holy Spirit, to reveal to you if there is something that you have need of right now and you are not receiving it from the Father. Holy Spirit, we just pray you speak right now. Help us to hear your voice. I want you to know some of these things, some of the things that God points out right now, some are going to be huge. 
to do with who he is and what he has for you. And they have the potential to change everything and other things are going to be huge for this season of time where Lord, the Lord has you right now. For some of you, it's going to be the strength to get through what you're going through right now. That he actually has that for you and he's trying to draw you closer and get you stronger in this season. For some of you, it's actually being loved right now when you have this sense of worthlessness. And so some of that stuff is going to be a season where you become really aware of those things. All right, I want to, um, I'm going to get someone up to share now. And we've got a testimony. Um, this is Hannah, our worship leader. And I've just asked her to come and share, share a little bit of her story of what God has done in her life. So can you put your hands together and just welcome Hannah today. Hello, everybody. Cracky, that was a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm Hannah, I'm 20, and I've been at Hope since February. And a lot of what um, Dan has preached about, obviously, has... Yeah, I've just had a huge impact on my life so far and continuing to. Um, so I first encountered God um, when I was 12 years old at a youth camp. Um, I was on yeah my first youth camp and in the first session, I wasn't even listening to what the altar call was about, but I felt myself just get up and start moving over chairs to get to the front of the room. <laughs> um, as I waited there, a youth leader who didn't even know my name shared with me a vision that she had received of me. I was in a deep pit and I was covered with scratches and bruises trying to climb my way out and falling. My focus was on the walls, my independent way of getting out. But in the picture was also Jesus standing behind me with a ladder. Growing up, I had, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Growing up, I had known God in a shallow way. But to my heart then, I knew Jesus knew me. He saw me. He loved me. And he wanted me safe. To me, the pit represented the place of pain and bitterness I was in because of my parents' divorce. From the time I was 3 to 15, my brothers and I would visit my dad regularly. If I could think about that from an outside perspective, I would say, oh, well, that's a good thing, you know, get time to bond. And I'm not really sure why, but that's not how it happened for me. Uh, I resented... Um, it started when I was little. I had like resented from my dad for taking me away from my mum and my home and I was scared. I remember one day I was maybe 10 and I decided I wasn't going. I sat in the lounge room and cried and begged not to go, but I had no control. I went and continued to hope that he would forget to pick us up every second weekend for the next five years. Overwhelmed with fear and disappointment every time he came. Um, as I became a teenager, I felt like I had a little bit more control with how I acted. Not submissive in fear anymore, I turned angry and non-responsive towards my father. Yet in all of it, I learned that I had access to hope in my saviour, Jesus. In the pain, in the disappointment, in the anxiety, he showed me his kindness. 
In those circumstances, I was brought to dark places, but those moments got me before the feet of Jesus. As I grew, I discovered that I could encounter him even when I wasn't in pain. Though it still often motivated me to seek him, I also started learning to hear his voice, know his presence, and grow in hunger for more of him. Unbeknownst to me, he started stirring a heart for freedom and a love for intercession. When I was 15, he asked me to start a prayer group at school the next year. Grade 10 rolled around and I didn't do it for six months. But as the time went on, the thought of starting that group was the most frequent thought running through my mind when I was at school. So in the last half of grade 10, teachers said our cohort had positive change in behavior. I saw instant healing for the first time after praying for someone and people got a glimpse of the presence of Jesus. Other wonderful and painful things have happened since then, but even when my nature is to run from commitment to things and people, Jesus has been mine and I his through it all. His blood is still speaking a better word over me and my heart and redeeming all that has been stolen in those years. He has led me to hunger for scripture and love it. He is just and kind and close and holy. He is worthy of all of me, my good and bad, not because of what he, um, he has done for me, but because he is just that good, just that safe, just that magnificent. He is faithful. He has never left me. He is trustworthy. He is overflowing with mercy and he is love. There is much pain and stubborn self-protection habits that I'm still stepping out of today, but the Lord has revealed himself to me as big enough to handle it all. The Holy Spirit is active in inviting me to believe that Jesus gave me access to the delight of the Father and living in the true heavenly reality of his goodness and love over me. Thank you. Isn't that cool? And Hannah didn't write that for this message. That's her testimony. And I think there's things that perhaps some of us can identify with in her story as well and in our relationship with the Father. And so I, I want to help us now. Part of today was about just being able to identify these things. But the question is, how do we step into everything that God has for us? And so I really want you to hear this, is that we step into the fullness of all that God has for us in the same way that we step into receiving His salvation, which is by faith. And so by faith, we receive all that the Father is pouring out on His children. Let me read you this. This is Ephesians 2. It says, For it is by grace, God's grace, that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. So it's nothing that you can earn because it's free so that no one can boast. Isn't that amazing? And so this is what it looks like 
in knowing the Father, in knowing who it is, through His Word, through who He is, then by faith we get to step in and receive His unconditional love. And it's a faith step to just say, Lord, right now I may not feel loved, but in faith I know and believe that You have unconditional love available for me. And your word says that it doesn't matter what I do or how far I run, I am loved by you. We receive that by faith. And you understand how difficult that can be if we feel like we've got to do something to receive it. Faith seems like a positive thought. And yet it's centred around our understanding and belief in who He is and what He's done for us. And so by faith, I know that God's forgiveness is enough for me, which means everything that's happened in my past, everything that's happened up until this moment, what Jesus has done for me on the cross is enough for me. And it's more than enough because it actually comes and it sets me free for today and tomorrow and for eternity with the Lord as well. And so by faith, I believe that the work of Jesus was enough to set me free, that those things don't hold me captive anymore in a system that says I should not be able to know the Lord and be loved by Him, God made it possible through Jesus. And there is nothing that is too big that that does not cover. And so by faith, I receive that. By faith, I know that God just wants to bless me. That even in the hardest situation, the most difficult circumstance, He is working things for good. And so, Lord, I can't see what you're doing right now and this sucks. It's horrible and I hate this season. But in faith, I know that you are good and you are working things for good. And so then I choose to partner with what you are doing. Show me what you are doing, Lord. In faith, I know that there is a spiritual battle at work wanting to keep me from everything the Lord has me has for me. But in faith, I know that He is greater. He is greater than any spiritual battle that can be standing against me. God is greater. There are no walls that can stop me from getting to who He is and what He's done for me. So by faith, I choose to receive everything that the Lord has for me. And this is not only the gospel of salvation. I want you to hear this. This is not a golden ticket. This is the gospel of the kingdom. It is now and not yet. It is abundant life now and forever. It is heaven coming to earth. It starts now. It does not start when you die. Okay, it starts now. The Lord wants to bless you. He loves you so much. He laughs at your silly jokes. 
He loves your silly personality. He loves all the things that you think might be dumb about you. He loves them. He created you. He loves you. He loves spending time with you. He loves providing for you. He loves blessing you. He loves when you say, thank you, Lord. I receive that. You are awesome. Thank you for blessing me. And so my heart is that for each one of us, we can have breakthrough in this area of receiving from a good, good heavenly Father who just wants to pour out so much on us. Amen? Could you jump on your feet? We're going to pray right now. If there is something that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart through this message, right now is your opportunity to say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I receive it. Pour it out on me and I will be the receptacle. I will take delivery of what you are giving to me. It may be healing. I want you to hear this. He is a supernatural God. And it may be a supernatural touch on your physical body, on your minds today. It may be supernatural provision. He may be working something for you right now and you've thought about how it can happen and he's like, man, I've got a way better way than that. And so, Lord, we just thank you this morning for who you are, Father. We thank you for the truth of your word, the power of your word, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you have everything that we need, that you are our source. And so, Holy Spirit, right now we say yes and amen. We believe and declare that everything that we need can be found in You, our Heavenly Father, that You and You alone are good, that You are for us, not against us, Father, that You are with us, that You won't leave us, Lord. And so right now, together we pray for breakthrough. Help us to be great receivers, I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen.